0: Is knocking on my front door. God knows I'm tired of being broken poor. My prayers answered, there's so much in store. Wanna stack cash from ceiling to floor. Money, money, you're welcome here, my friend. The Talking Cash Podcast with your host, Ben Blanchard. Hello and welcome to the Talking Cash Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Blanchard. Today's guest is comedian Sean Leary. Sean runs his own podcast called Good Bit and also runs his own show in Culver City, California at the garage called Free Parking. Sean opens up about working in radio and what it means to be an independent brand as a comedian. Please check me out at the Westside Comedy Theater February 11th. I'll be performing there for the Westside Laugh Party show. And every Tuesday, the Commons Alehouse show in Santa Monica, California. This week it's John Schabel, Sina Bilstead, Dave Waite, Chase Bernstein, and Brandon Wardell. That's Tuesday, February 9th at 8.30 at the Commons Ale House. February 27th, uh, we'll be doing Comedy at the Manor in Venice, California. And on February 19th, I'll be doing the Hot Wine Party in Silver Lake, California. Please come check out the stand-up shows and follow and rate and subscribe this podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. And I hope you enjoy it. All right, here's Sean Leary. So how are you, man? I'm great. Yeah. Everything good with you? Everything's good. What's new? Not too much. I was in Portland last week. Doing
1: shows or what?
0: Hanging out. Not doing shows, just hanging out, went to the coastline, did some surfing, which I'm terrible at. I used did to you be, wear a wetsuit? I, I did. Full wetsuit, booties, gloves, hat. Just looked like <laughs> a, a big skinny seal <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> in funny. the middle of the Pacific. And in Are you from up there? No, I got a buddy who lives up there. Just so a little uh, vacation. Yeah, 2-hour Two flight, 200 bucks.
1: Oh, that's great. That's nothing, dude. You spend that drinking in Venice. Exactly. That's good. That sounds yeah, fun. Yeah, so
0: it was nice to get away from the city for a little bit and hang out and uh, went to Portland for a night, did some uh, strip club thing, did that. What, was it a bachelor party
1: or just wanted to see they a They just friend? have
0: the most incredible strip clubs of all time there. In, in Portland? In Portland, Oregon.
1: You know what? I think I might have heard that before, actually.
0: Mm. So it's one of those things where it's just this random little sleepy white person town with just the most incredible strip clubs. Is it pretty sleepy? I've never, I've
1: never been to... Uh, Seattle or Portland. I guess the Pacific Northwest is notoriously sleepy.
0: And it's changing a little bit. You had a good time? Great time.
1: Yeah. I'm glad to hear that.
0: So that's Sean Patrick Leary on the Sh- mic, guys. Sean Patrick Leary. Right here. The first. The first. Irish name? Yeah,
1: it's interesting. I'm actually part Native American. I'm an eighth Sioux Indian. Grew up in so South Dakota. You, you, South so you got Dakota. all the discounts. No, I don't. It's not <laughs> enough. I, you need, like, a fourth. You need So, like, in order to get, like, reparations and, like, casino money and, like, free tuition, you got to be at least a fourth. And I'm... The only thing I have... Of Native American is like I get drunk really easily and I have prominent nose features. Yeah, that's all I.
0: Get. Those are the two things well, the, that I the got. Skin looks pretty good.
1: Yeah, but like I, I I tan well, but in the winter the Irish comes out in my skin and I'm just pasty as yeah, like, like powder. But uh yeah, I'm part Native American, mostly Irish, seven eighths Irish. I don't yeah. know how the math works out on that. Like it, my grandma was a fourth, my great great grandpa was Sitting Bull or something. Yeah. I, Prairie. She's like, Ooh, there's a nice
0: little Irish girl that I yep. can maybe mate with. <laughs> yep. It's interesting because it's like I had a girlfriend one time, she was one sixteenth. Because okay. there are some native tribes uh, from Vermont, and it's, it's just crazy. like and she but she like really represented it like super hard. Really? I was like, You're the whitest girl I know <laughs> and you're representing, you know, like the yeah. Navajo or in
1: Vermont? I don't even know the
0: Indian reservations over there, what they I have. There's not like reservations, it's just like old, See, old I French, have French Canadian oh, okay. tribes. Okay. And, you know, you're hailing from the Midwest West, right?
1: right yeah i'm in mean, south dakota technically it's the midwest technically it's the yeah well i was thinking about plains. that today okay the northern plains. plains it's in all these plains states are pretty well flat on the east side that's where i grew up and then on the west side is like custer's last stand and mount rushmore and it's a terrible place that's just all there is to say about it we would just go to minnesota drive four hours twin cities mid- yeah good you know it's the yeah, only it's reference the point i know so south dakota suburb of minnesota south dakota is a <laughs> suburb of minnesota <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely. no suburbs i i I grew up in brookings it's a small college town right outside of sioux falls uh, some people know sioux falls it's the biggest city on i-90 until you hit spokane washington from chicago so it's like 200 000 people uh right on interstate 90 and interstate 29 right where that is perpendicular they have a few colleges there but the college town that i grew up in brookings has south dakota state university and they're the jackrabbits blue and yellow What a phenomenal
0: mascot that and is every yeah
1: everybody i went to high school with went to college there like except me yeah i went to Minnesota, so
0: that's so. the kind of place everyone, everyone stays. Yep, they stay.
1: I just last weekend went home for a wedding and it was the most depressing thing. It's just like, oh, yeah, okay, so you're working at the school, you got a couple kids, oh, okay, you got a new shed in the back. Like, yeah, that's yeah. in their errands, they're doing errands, yeah, you gotta go pick up some softener salt, you know, get the prescription, get the glasses, get a zipper it's fixed on the coat. That's their the life, epitome of monotony. That is what they look forward to doing, is yeah, running errands. Oh, I gotta go. Just to get Check. out of the house. Yeah,
0: and it <laughs> takes eight
1: minutes. It takes yeah. eight minutes to do everything that would take us three weeks to do here.
0: And do you find that the at the wedding, like people have just aged their growth? Yeah. Like they're not even young anymore. Yeah, even though they're twenty nine or twenty eight or whatever.
1: It's like it's like they're going to bed at like eleven thirty. Like we got gotta pack gotta, it in.
0: Yeah, we gotta get back.
1: It's just this crazy day of errands. I'm not going back. I ain't ever going back, Ben.
0: So the economy in Brookings. Mm-hmm. You said the school was kind yeah, of yeah. The, the main. college is
1: big. Agriculture, tourism is big. As far as hunting, it brings in hunters from like Alaska, Canada, who want to hunt pheasant. That's our state bird, and we have like the ring-tailed pheasant. It's very exotic. And people like to eat pheasant, so that brings in a lot of outside people. And then we also have like casinos on the west Deadwood. It's like I don't know if you've ever heard of the show. There's a show yeah, called yeah. Deadwood on HBO. It's uh, it's like a gambling town, like a swinging Dixie. Get a cabin for the weekend, town. Okay, like saloons where you push the door open right, and it right, comes right. back.
0: Like that just, is it's re- real like an antiquated mm-hmm. Disney for adult things. Yeah,
1: and people yeah. go to Mount Rushmore. Like that's a big draw. Even though you can't even like yeah, see, yeah, I've never been, but I you're heard like, it's super small. You're like three hundred yards away, and you're like, uh, who's who are those? What I like the
0: postcards that make it seem like? Oh, it's you're enormous in the stuff. nose. Yeah.
1: yeah, they make it look like you can climb up their mouth. Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse Monument. The Indian reservations draw in some people to just because it's different.
0: Yeah, so a lot of history, um, though.
1: Yeah, a lot of Custer's Last Stand, uh, Wounded Knee, you know, stuff nobody knows about. Laura Ingalls Wilder was, like, popping there for <laughs> a while. She's
0: like the one celebrity like, from... In DeSmit,
1: like, in dismiss Yeah, she's, like, the most famous person we've ever had. Her, Custer, Gutson Borglum is the name of the guy who built...
0: So literally no one's coming... You're, you're trying to be the first person to come I'm trying. Yeah, well, in we've had a couple... fifty years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've had a couple
1: athletes, a professional basketball player named Mike Miller. Some people know who he is. He's for the Heat super, for a yeah, super, yeah, super average NBA player. Just shooting threes. I'd say he's probably our most famous. Yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm like in the top 25 right now. And I haven't even done anything. (laughs) That's how sad our state is. Yeah, I'm like top I'd say I'm like top, (laughs) at least top 50. I don't even know if I know 50 people from South Dakota. That's what's sad about it. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that's our economy. Um, So what did your folks do when you were growing up? So growing up, my dad owned a printing company. Called Harold's Printing. Uh, his name's Steve, so I don't, uh, I don't get the just bit. Like I didn't the, get the bit. Uh, yeah, I don't like get the it. name Harold. Yeah, and I was working there with him. F- it was like a lot of collating and like, like tedious, like so filing. It was like a,
0: a mom and pop kinko.
1: Yeah, it was mom and pop kinks. Yeah, it was uh, real mommy, real poppy. Like photos, we'd put them onto cards. We do birthday invitations, uh, big scale books for like jobs. Say so your business needs to make a manual. Oh,
0: that's the moneymaker. Yeah,
1: and it would go through like this folding machine. Shoo, shoo, and then we'd fold it, put it in a box, deliver it to him. Super old fashioned, like not even on computers yet. I would rip film off of like a thing and like hang it up and be like, oh, that was coming on. Great. Yeah. I like have a blow dryer sometime, yeah. like drying film. We It didn't last because it we were so anymore. far behind the times. So my dad is now a mailman. After I graduated college, he, they sold the business to the city and he got a job as a
0: mailman. Um, oh, so he's just behind the times and all of the yeah, jobs now, that are expiring. Soon. But he's
1: big on the mail stuff. He yeah. likes the exercise. He walks. He's got one of those Fitbits that keeps yeah. track, and that's like so his he's huge thing. at least 10, He's steps like writing today. on a clipboard how many steps. He's like so into it. He's su- that's such a weird thing to be into. He's like writing all of his steps, and he's lost like thirty pounds in the that's great in the year and a half that he's been working there. And my mom, when I was growing up in high school, she was a mortgage lender, so she worked at a bank.
0: Was she subpriming people? Or yeah, <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm not he- I, I'm not a. A bank guy. I'm not yeah. huge on that kind of stuff. You know, mortgage lending APRs, All interest the, yeah. rates and mortgage lendings and just giving you know, out cash to make some more cash. Yeah, quarterly reviews and cash and you know
0: I'm sure there's a stressful period for yeah, it. No, point well, yeah, no. And... It
1: was uh she got let go from that job and then she started It's just crazy. My parents just went like just into totally different jobs. Then after I graduated, she like we had a rough patch when my dad sold the business and my mom lost her job. My mom started her own business called Top. Top to bottom home cleaning, but she didn't clean carpets. So like, I was like, you can't she, call it. T- she was just top. Yeah, she was top to thigh high cleaning. <laughs> yeah. Like I wouldn't, I would. She I would, always she would give her only smack. go as
0: low as coffee tables. And that yeah, was it, like she, would she,
1: and she would just Windex coffee tables, and then I'm out, done. I think it's because she doesn't like animals. The hair. Everybody but us has animals. That's what. Uh, that's why folks do for work.
0: So you guys were like middle class, <laughs> lower middle class. Yeah, but I mean, like, even it varies. Lo- you know, everywhere. You yeah, go. middle it, class in the city, lower is middle class in. Than-
1: south dakota we still had like a lot of nice stuff like right. with that as a motorcycle We yeah. had like a three-car garage and like a five-bedroom house the house
0: is like you know 150 uh, grand or literally a hundred thousand
1: yeah. dollars in south dakota will buy you the playboy mansion we lived in the playboy <laughs>
0: mansion and i still go back to that this a grotto, but it's just a pond
1: yeah this is there's just, there's just uh,
0: rooms what do you rent that? Yeah. Make some cash. No one's gonna rent it though, because no. everyone's got their own Playboy mansion there. Yeah.
1: Everybody's got just mansions.
0: So if you guys are middle class and you guys are having the five bedroom mm-hmm. mansion, then what's what are like the rich folks so, doing and that's and, the and, thing.
1: My friend Justin, whose wedding I went back for,
0: his, It's weird to like to grow up in middle class and then you meet like your first rich friend. Yeah, he was know? my and first. It's like, Holy shit, this, he, this is what money he, is really yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, he's
1: one of he's my big rich friend. Boat. Several jet skis an unlimited supply of dogs just like 15 dogs dogs had their own like cage area hot tub uh water trampoline on their pond two decks stainless steel appliances washer and dryer master bedroom five or six bedrooms projector screen room and it was like his dad his dad's like a pharmaceutical salesman so it's yeah. like not even a, he wasn't like a millionaire. Right. Imagine if he He's was making like a, like a few hundred grand a year. Yeah, it was like a few hundred grand. Imagine
0: if he was making like eight figures. He would own. He Brookings. would just buy the town. Yeah, yeah. He would just <laughs> buy it, buy everything. Justin's College is now the name. <laughs> yeah. Justin's College Jackrabbits is who's playing in town now. <laughs> So your first job when you were living there was it for your dad or did you? Did I you did go that up? stuff, but like uh, I wasn't even like old enough to work, and
1: I was like it was like illegal. Let's well, When it's how in the it family, is. yeah,
0: you have to. It's just an obligation. I that wasn't you have paying
1: to... taxes. Yeah. It was cash. I was getting cash. Right. Yeah. When I was I was working there, and then when I uh, right after I graduated high school, I was like, I gotta get out, man. Get out of the grind with my dad. I can't be working six hours a week right. at the shop. So I got a job at Subway. Nice. You know, Slanging sandwiches, but I got a job at like the cool chill subway that didn't care about like extra meat so you know, small town you yeah. know everybody yeah so we're hooking it up we're hooking up sandwiches that aren't on the menu at like the bmg it's like you're getting the BMG, bacon then and the you're going chicken. to
0: Sbarro's, the mall you yeah get yeah, yeah. Of pizza. yeah dude we hooked it all it's up just yeah
1: i worked there for like two summers and we would booze in the back dude it was bad well you know one of those jobs where it's just there's you, no rules it's like you could just you could punch the boss in the face and <laughs> he'd still expect you to be there on monday yeah. like they just didn't care I did that and then I did um I worked at Subway for a while and then I had a job as a telemarketer for the Republican National Committee. I'm a Democrat and I worked for the Republican National Committee. And literally all I would do was just call people. Yeah, from call donors. people and talk smack about President Obama. It was just like, Did you know President Obama hates bald eagles? Can I have ten dollars? Yeah. <laughs>
0: What's more American than a bald eagle? Yeah. Nothing. He's not a
1: patriot. And I was good at it. You're, I had like a, playing a role. I had a good voice and I really put the passion in it but you get burned out i got burned out oh yeah it's 10 bucks an hour eight hour shifts 30 minute break obama's bad obama's bad yep. please vote scott walker please vote scott walker you ready to get sarah palin back on track
0: call so uh, would I need people $10. actually listen to you or was it a voice recording that you were just no yeah. i had to do it live you wouldn't hear the phone ring. You would just It would
1: just bring them up right away, and it's like, hello. And I'd have to be like, yeah. hi, is Mr. Janet Cornison there? They'd be like, yeah, this is Mr. Janet Cornison. And I'd be like, hi, it's Sean Leary, Republican National Committee. Just giving you a call today. Did you know that Scott Walker's back out on the pilgrimage? Yeah, and he's trying to fight President Obama, who just instituted a law that you have to euthanize all your children. Can I count on oh you for 50? Fifth- yeah, it was like just like insane. And they'd be
0: like... It's like WWE well, stuff. And, they, and you, yeah... Scott Walker's back to take on over.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you would have to come back there, no, three times before you could let the call hang up. So if they were like, well, I'm uh, I'm going through a tough time. My wife and I are getting a divorce. I don't have the funds. I'd be like, I understand that. But, uh, you know, Scott. Scott came through a divorce back in 2006. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I can't. I, you know, I've had some medical bills. We all understand that. I myself, sir, just got out of the hospital. Uh-huh. I had a kidney stone, and then he'd be like, "Well, I guess I could do fifteen dollars." And then you'd do like a, you'd a raise bell. your hand and do like a check mark. <laughs> ding, ding, There's ding, like ding. a guy <laughs> in a headset, like, "Oh, well, get Larry down for fifteen. Yeah, oh, send it God. to the, send it to the credit card. And if you got a credit card. Get a bonus, five dollar bonus, but oh, okay. they mail. It. I was
0: gonna ask, so it's so there is an incentive you, for yeah. Their, yeah. yeah.
1: I know, but I I. I. I felt so sleazy after, you know, 20 minutes doing it. I was like, I would just call
0: and be like, hey, this is Sean Leary, Republican National. Yeah, hey, but listen, quality I assurance want to call listens. you as much as you don't want to listen to me right now. Yeah, that's what I
1: wanted to say yeah. to him, but quality assurance was always on your call, and if they pegged you for being lazy or not supporting the system, they would have the manager come and be like, hey, Leary, So for talk. the
0: quality assurance, they have an individual employee listening to each individual employee calling Yeah, they people.
1: call it coaching, but really it's just to make sure that you're doing it. Some of these guys were amazing dude some of these guys that like have been through some stuff really connected with these people I mean these Republican these are, we weren't cold calling people we were calling people that had donated before so we knew they, they were already at least, the system. they would yeah so yeah. they would at least a answer and be not a lot of times though we'd call people in Washington if you were calling regionally for a regional incumbent you could get some money. You would make some money. Like they want that guy. Oh, I love Scott Walker. I'll right. donate two hundred and fifty dollars. But if you're calling nationally, you're calling somebody in Virginia for yeah. Marco Rubio in Florida. They'd be like, "Who?" Oh? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "Come on, the Republicans need you." All right, I'll give you ten. I was just a king of tens. I hit ten. I-, I had good success on tens. I never landed. I, I don't think I ever landed anything over five hundred. One guy landed like a fifteen thousand dollar donation for like john mccain back in like 2000 so what
0: was his cut for that no no he nothing
1: it was just like a bonus at the end Uh, if you hit a threshold but that obviously made him get to that threshold like he didn't even have to like come into work for like the next month (laughs) because
0: he like already hit his point just dropped everything just walked out of the office (laughs) so that was like around you're still in high school no that was right after or right in the
1: middle of college like right when i turned like 20 and you went to college Went to St. Cloud State University. It's just outside of Minneapolis. Huge hockey school. D1? D1 Hawk. Really, 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 really cold weather bitter like not leave the house for a few weeks sometimes you just weren't allowed to like put on an alert that you couldn't go out like you know those 30 days a night movies like aren't that far off aside from the people eating each other it's right. that bad like wind could kill you wind could kill you because you're so far north and it's february and it's negative 40 degrees and then the wind it puts it at like negative 80 and i lived there why would i not get out earlier it's just stupid. I'm yeah. stupid, but I had fun. Big party school. What were you studying
0: there at Saint Cloud?
1: Communications. I did television broadcasting, and then I did radio broadcasting. And right after I graduated, I was an intern at this hip hop station, 104.7 KCLD. Nice. And I mean, funny cause
0: it's funny because my buddy, who was a hip hop DJ producer, yeah. was living in Minneapolis for oh, a while. Really?
1: Well, that's a good I heard, market. Yeah, that's it's what a I heard. really, really it's good like market. Seems to
0: be dying everywhere else besides Minneapolis. It's
1: like it's Chicago, and then like there's not a lot else. Who wants to go to Des Moines? Who wants to go to Kansas City like Minneapolis at least has it has like a, a a hot it's like a Midwest Portland. It's got like this nice little kick to it right now. It's like got all the sports. It's got a lot of like XL Energy Center it has big acts like Katy Perry and Nicki Minaj and they'll come through there and do all the, the studio stuff. So it's a big market for radio. It's like the 14th biggest market for radio. And Minneapolis is like the 50th biggest city in the U.S. So that shows you how many people listen to the radio in that area if it's the 14th biggest market. And I was doing stuff there. I was doing uh, my name on the radio was Shane Black. What's up? It's Shane Black.
0: You had, you had a DJ name? Yeah, Shane. Shane, Shane Black. And Isn't I did that the dude of, who like wrote, he wrote Lethal um,
1: Weapon? He he wrote a movie recently. Was, oh. I think he wrote Lethal Weapon. I think it might have been Rush
0: Hour. He he, I think he, he wrote was like, one big movie. He was movie. like the first, like, Iron Man writer to, like, make a million bucks off of the mm-hmm. script.
1: Shane black i didn't know him at the time now that i'm out here the
0: name it was like
1: shane black and then i did the the country station it was did you pretend that you were black no 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 no, no. uh i had the midwest young guy nice vibe early on so people were like oh he's just a harmless goofball but on the country station i i was shane black too and it was like and they'd always have like a panther it would be like yeah, Shane Black, <laughs> Wild Country 99, and that was my favorite part of the job. Every time that came up, yeah. I was it, it reaffirmed that that's why I was there. Yeah.
0: It was great. So you were you graduated college and got up and yep. came over here. I, I did uh, the well, same thing. Yeah.
1: I had wanted to move out here since I was like 17. I don't know what it was. I had just always loved Southern California. I would ne- never been here. But something about the entertainment industry and just like Hollywood. Now I know how crappy like Hollywood Boulevard is.
0: But like. Is, Santa- have your parents visited here yet?
1: Yeah. Of course I had to take them there. Yeah. I like everything about south of sunset and not too far east. That's what I love. And then I was like, "Oh, I want to move to LA." And then I picked up the stand-up bug when I was about 21 and I started writing bits, and I never had it like there weren't any places to go up. Like I couldn't I couldn't figure out where to go up. This was out.
0: still in Minneapolis. This is
1: yeah, just outside of Minneapolis. And yeah. then I did my first set just about to turn 22. And I did it at the at the college. I was just out of college. I did it at the like student union in the basement. And it was open mic night, but it was not comedy. It was just open mic whatever. And I was the only guy. So there were
0: like musicians, yep, poets. Uh,
1: artists. Yeah. And I went up second. I went up after some guy who played a music song. It was perfect. And I had like 30 of my friends there. And I chugged like three, five-hour energies. And I did my set, and it felt like, an hour, but it was seven minutes. And I thought... It's a I, good time for yeah, a mic. I thought I crushed. Well, she said I could go for 15, and I did seven.
0: 15 minutes on an open mic? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, there <laughs> weren't a lot of people that signed up. So I did my set, and I stared at the ground the whole time. Like, I didn't look at... I didn't connect... But I had a couple Just big pops. like of our energy. Yeah, I had like a couple big pops in my set, but it's like, it, it takes so long to get comfortable on stage. And uh, I did it there, and I fell in love with it. I didn't really do it that, after that, I was doing it like once a month for like six months, and then I moved out here. And in, since I've been out here, the first three months were really tough. I didn't have a job. I didn't know where to go to my, I didn't know you had needed to do mics. I didn't know how to get into it. Then I did, uh, I did a bringer show at this comedy club downtown, and I don't know what happened it just kind of clicked and one of my friends said he saw in my eyes the moment i realized i could do this for a living and ever since that night
0: like i've had so much fun doing it that it's just snowballing yeah, yeah. into a good so let's jump back to when you first moved to la sure so did you like save some money to come out here oh yeah I bankrolled I saved were were your parents helping you out at all or was it just no my parents I've had friends that have wanted expressed desires to come out here and I'm like you need serious money to save to come out here because Uh, it goes quick
1: I didn't have any help from my folks I think my folks might have helped me out by paying my insurance on my car and paying off my car right before I came here but I I worked like 80 hours a week at $10 an hour for a year straight at that radio job doing promotion and being on air and working, just working because I'm like, I got to save this money. I've got to save this money. And my rent was like 240 in Minnesota. So 240, and I had my own room and like a, a, my own bathroom. Just insane. And so I'm I'm saving like two grand a month for a year. Not quite that. Maybe a grand a month for a year. I was making two grand, saving a grand. So I had 12000 in the bank. And I'm like, okay, all right, this is good. This is this fine. I'll pay the first last month's rent, get the security deposit, drive out there. You know, that's like four or five grand. I'll be good. So I get out here. I think I bled through like 1200 in the first like two or three weeks. I still wasn't Just afraid. being a tourist? Yeah, just like, just like living and like buying crap. Like you right. got to buy a bed and you yeah, got to buy a like, couch. Yeah, so. It's really plates. Like. Dude, that first, that first month, first two months out here can be tough. And then and then like Christmas hit and I didn't have a job yet. Like It was like four months and I didn't have a job. And like Sandy Hook had just happened. School shooting and I had like a breakdown in my car. This guy had bad road rage against me and like took his whole bad day out on me. And I just like stopped in the middle of the road and just like started bawling. You a meltdown. Dude, I lost it. And I called my mom and I go, I can't do this. I can't do it. Why did you let me do yeah. it? And I had only done like two sets. And then like the next day after that happened, I got a call from my day job. And they're like, oh, uh, we'd love to have you come in and do this gig. And uh, I've been working there since. And then I think like the next weekend after that, I was like, all right, I have the day job. Now let's take care of comedy. Yeah, yeah.
0: And What's I, the day job like? I'm a, I'm
1: a, I'm a, I, like I sit at a front desk at like this social club. So it's like members come. There. It's I don't Is do it. Is like it a time gig? No, it's uh, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. So it's just uh, people come there to like see the venue to see if they want to have a wedding. And I like talk them through stuff. But nobody ever comes. So I just have to answer the phone and sit on the computer. So I'm emailing, messaging, writing. Like, probably, yeah, but... <laughs> writing, just like being a guy and work, get my brain going. So that's been a blessing. It's in Malibu, just south of Malibu. And we're a wedding venue that I kind of just help. They pay me and they're real supportive. They let me take off time anytime I need. Uh, they all know that comedy comes first and then the job comes second. They're all cool with it. It's just because I've built a relationship of just like, you can count on me and I'm not like going to Dependable.
0: Rub. Yeah, Yeah. I mean it's you've been there what, three years now?
1: Right now it's about two and a half. It's perfect. It's day it's day and it's I'm out of there by three.
0: In terms of like moving out to LA and being creative doing comedy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: everyone thinks that you're you're making it and you're getting paid mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. Which happens from time yeah. to time. What was your first experience getting paid to do comedy?
1: Well, I did a show in the main room of the comedy store. Uh um, just there last night. For Greg's thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that looks sweet. Uh, I did a main room show with this guy named Vargas, super talented comic, but he runs like a huge bringer show. And this is before I didn't know the racket. I didn't know what that meant. I hadn't met any comics that or up.
0: What's your, uh, what's your take on the old bringer thing?
1: Uh, I mean, it's just some people need it. Like, some people really need it. Like, the producer really needs it. Like, I mean, I have... I'm trying to word this properly. I don't have a... I'm not against the idea of doing it. I just don't like the bringer guys that do it. And then just keep all the money. Just not pay the to trade spots. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you got a guy that hauls out, like, 20 people. Give that guy a little dough. Like, I know people have to do it. Like, you got to fill seats. And there's some guys who just don't have the network of friends like us that we can promote our own show. And the comics just have to worry about their set. Some guys just don't have that. But they do book good comics. They do other things of producing well where they follow up, they make good flyers, but they don't have the network. So they'll get three really great comics, and then they'll get three newer comics that are eager to bring. I'm okay with that. I'll never do it.
0: But I'm not gonna be like, oh, this guy's slimy. I was told never to do it even when mm-hmm. I first started, mm-hmm. and I got an email from a guy who's pretty notorious for doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and I think we know who that is. Yeah, like, it's just like he tries yeah. to play it off like he's doing. No I know favor, those. That's when know? it's. That's
1: what I don't like. Like I, I don't. I mean, I haven't done one in two years, but some some people that I'm close with still do them, and still think they're beneficial, and that's fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna think less of somebody. But I have said to them, I go, hey, I think you should stop doing these. I think you're above these. Get gigs that you don't need to do these. But ultimately, I mean, it's just, you know, if you got friends
0: that want to come. We both run free shows. Yeah, and I mean. It can be hard enough getting people to go to free yeah, shows, dude. let alone paying. Yeah,
1: I know. it's uh, know, 15,
0: 20 bucks. And,
1: uh, but when I was new, I didn't know. I didn't have any other common right. friends. So what I did, Craigslist. Oh uh I need a comic uh bring me energy get some friends out and I'm like dude I got this I yeah. got this I got all these people I work with I've you know I I would make friends out at bars before I started doing comedy and the thing is it really built my confidence like uh, that's one of my strongest points as a comic right now is that I I really you can tell I don't have a lot of fear on stage right. and I think that what helped me was when I did those big bringer shows and got really good response I'm like dude I'm like Got this, and I got this, and then when I started to do open mics uh, and really study the craft and really, you know, become a comic or at least trying to become a comic, it made me appreciate the whole the whole struggle that goes into it and how different people get to different places, and, you know. And I've talked There's to no some,
0: one set. I've talked to some,
1: yeah. I've talked to some big name comics like Eliza Schlesinger and Thomas Dale when they were first starting out. I just—they're just like just brought all the people to the club. Just got somebody to see me smash it, and then you get booked on that show, and then you get booked on yeah. another show. Everything would snowball into something to the point where they were getting on, and that's what happened with me. Is I would do—I probably did like ten bringer shows when I first started, and each one of those I met two people. I met two people. Right. They saw me do well. They saw me do well. And then when I started getting on the shows where I didn't need to bring people and I was still doing well, that's when it was like, okay. I can do this. I got this. I can do this. And then within the last couple of years now, the last two years, has really been going well, especially the last year.
0: All right. So you're in the main room. Yep. Comedy store. Mm-hmm. bringer show. Mm-hmm. Big brand. Like Vargas. Packed, Vargas. Pack. So was that set up before? He was like, hey, I'm going to pay you to do this or you got to bring a certain amount of he people. He was like, uh, I need five.
1: Well, here's what he said to me. He said, I know you're good. So you like because he saw me do like a belly room bringer where it was like hot, like belly rooms hot, you know, shooting fish in a barrel up there. And he saw me do well there. So, and he, and some of these bringer guys are like, okay, you're good, so you don't have to bring as many people i know it's like past yeah it's like i got i got got the okay you cool man you come through it's like i got into the yeah i got my name on the bringer wall so i only bring like five people but even to this day when i post something like i'll get people that are like hey you're doing this i want to come check it out like just because i I don't know it's just people like to do stuff and comedy's fun like no one's ever been like oh no you know what i mean like so i probably had like 20 25 people come out to the main room and they were good supportive audience stayed the whole time and he gave me just like an envelope of like 125 dollars because this was a friday night eight o'clock on sunset you know the main room and right. he had like bill burr come through like so Sil- silverman did one of the bellies that he produced but not the main room it was like uh there was one other guy it's like um uh, oh it was brandon t jackson from the big mama's house oh, okay, and yeah. uh tropic thunder and that was when it was like you know what this is cool man being out here you're just freaking bumping elbows with the biggest names in comedy you know you're on the same stage that's when it like really sunk in that it wasn't a vacation anymore it was like you're either gonna you know you're gonna do this or not like get out of the way of the people that are gonna do it And now that's why i have such a fond appreciation for comedy it's like really an art form that you have to study and take seriously and there's a lot of people that just don't do it and it's grueling too yeah you gotta mentally some of these cats out here man just with their facebook meltdowns they don't have (laughs) it dude you gotta you gotta keep it together mentally you gotta keep it's you that a lot of people don't realize how big that is keeping your smack together it's huge dude because you have that one meltdown then you're a meltdown guy your right. Facebook meltdown guy, and you'll never not be. Right. It's like got to keep it like having bad
0: breath. Like the one exactly. time you have bad breath, now you're the bad <laughs> breath. guy. <laughs> just takes one so time. True, dude. Just takes one time. Oh man, that is so true. Good call. So you get that 125 bucks mm-hmm. in an envelope. I mean, are you like calling your parents, being like, "I'm, I'm in it. I did." Um,
1: no, I didn't really do that. I kind of more humble. I felt like it was always going to be work. I always treated it as a job. Like I've always written. I like I LLC to Sean Larry comedy. So it's a business. I I had to pay a lot of taxes this year because ultimately I think I took a loss 700 bucks. Yeah. Like I took a
0: license. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I took a loss in 2014, but you know, it helps in the long run. I'm writing off gas. I'm writing off drinks. I'm writing off food. Now I'm, starting to make some more money doing colleges and doing just like random odd gigs that actually pay decent. So if I can get in the green and then that'll make that whole thing worth it. So I've always kind of thought ever since January of 2013, that was six months after I moved here mm-hmm. when I was six, like six, eight months in a comedy I started writing everything off. I'm like, I'm going to treat this as a business. I treat this seriously, and that's when I started really hitting it hard. And six, seven nights a week.
0: Thing that a lot of comedians fail to do is see it as a business, or they're not to. skilled enough to pursue it. It's as forty.
1: It, you got to put in at least forty hours a week. Like I've talked to comics who are headlining on the road, have been on Last Comic Standing. It's like you can't. It's not a hobby. If it's a hobby. you quit please quit they say you're not going to be successful in this business unless you're 10 years at 6 nights a week at minimum and it's like you have to look at it like that and i have a lot of friends that are you know up and coming comics that aren't treating it like that i try and push them to say hey you know 3 sets in a month right. we we need we need to see you man especially if they're talented that's what that's what really really frustrates me so when i see a really talented comic that's doing one set one set a month, and they just smash it, that's what really frustrates me. Because it's like, we're working hard, busting our butt, fine-tuning one syllable and one word of one one one-minute punchline, and this guy doesn't ever go up and just has a great set. It's like, dude, you imagine how amazing you would be at this craft if you put in even a quarter much more work. I mean, it's it's a job, and that's how I treat it, and that's what I attribute a lot of my recent success to is how... I treat it like a job and I look at it like a job, not a hobby and not a uh, sport.
0: And that's like, it's kind of like a post grad or a master's degree. I commend you for your work ethic. I think you definitely are one of the hardest working. Thanks, man. Appreciate know, that. Up and coming comedians. And I have trouble with discipline myself. So I felt you were kind of targeting that. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> uh,
1: I consider you one of the har- uh, uh, hard working comic. I and, see you uh, everywhere.
0: But it is when I try to explain it to people because it's, it's really hard to qualify it to people that aren't in comedy. Mm-hmm. So, I try to make the analogy yeah. of it is like a master's program, except you're pursuing a doctorate in comedy as opposed yeah. to, you know, and yeah. that kind of registers with people a little bit more. I think um, that's a great way to look at but it. But it's hard to explain to people, and especially when they expect you to be so good immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they
1: expect you to be a comedian
0: before you're a comedian. And it's like when you make this leap to go out to such an adventurous place like New York, Chicago, yeah. or Los Angeles, you know, people are expecting results pretty quickly from yeah. you. Um, so you've been doing the college circuit a little bit.
1: Yeah, I actually just got represented by uh, this uh, talent agency for colleges uh, and luckily they don't have a lot of comics on their bill. They're out of New York which kind of sucks because I'm not like, yeah, yeah. like a face-to-face guy. I don't like talking on the phone. I do like emailing and I'm like, good. I'm good with that. Like, I can stay on top of my stuff. But like, it would just be nice to be like, hey, let's go grab coffee and talk about like Massachusetts, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So right now I'm submitting for like the South Conference. So what happens is you go to these conferences, and if you get in, like you have to get into the conference, which is the hardest part. Because they have gazillion acts like jugglers, magicians, like competing pianists. With circus. <laughs> yeah, and like, why am I like? And that's why I had such a hard time finding a college representative because um, so they don't want they don't be... want a white guy. They don't want a, right. a six two white guy that looks normal. They want, they want something weird. They want a the transgender the... Korean, a Muslim comic. They want a white guy who's been through some stuff, like maybe has like half an arm. That's the same thing with America's Got Talent. It's like if you don't have the backstory, you don't have a chance. Like I just saw Drew. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: On that. Perfect. And it's for kind that of fun, like obviously and he does a lot of college work. We can't be complaining. We do have no. a white male privilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is kind of odd how it. I don't want to say the word minority mm. because that's not true. But like we're getting less attention because we are. It's apparent because we have had the privilege before or our previous generation. Well, has. yeah, it's frustrating
1: because like you know we both book shows and a lot of times i've gotten told and this is what a lot of the college agencies told me they just go we don't need any more white guys and a lot of times when i'm booking a show and i talk with my co-producer it's like we kind of need a, a black guy we need right. a, or a black gal or some Diversity or some of the other comics are gonna think that we're racist like it's tough man It's a fine line that you have to walk,
0: but at the end of the day. It should you know, it's funny it's funny it should, Yeah, that's what that's how
1: I am But like we always gotta you know, we always got to be politically correct yeah. so I try I, I try and stay on the side of Pleasing people before I please myself right, right. because you got to play the game So that I finally got a college to hit me back and be like we would love to take you you're great Yeah, you're great. And this is within the last two weeks like I had booked colleges on my own, which is incredibly hard. But you can get paid more. You don't have to pay out. I, I did a, I did a few. I did like three or four in a high school, and that's where the money is, man. Like if you are a comic and you want to do this for the money, and that's it, your focus should be getting a college agent and doing colleges because they pay. Uh, I'm no one. Like I have no, like right. I have no legitimate TV credits of any kind. And they paid me twenty five hundred dollars to do stand-up comedy. Can you imagine For one hour? Yes, can you imagine how much Chris DeLia or Adam Devine can charge these colleges? Fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand yeah. dollars, sixty thousand. Like if you go to like Cornell yeah, their endowments are huge. Yeah, so or like Johns Hopkins, Louis C.K. could get a hundred grand to do a school. That's where the money is. You can make that. Like I know a few comics that make colleges their job. That's their income. They can make forty thousand dollars a year doing it. Because what you can do is you can line up like a week. Do like five colleges you Go to in Boston, a week.
0: you can do, like 10, you don't even
1: leave the city. Ten grand in a week, come back, take two months off. But, I mean, this is what I, this is what, ideally what I want to do is I want to get accepted into the conferences, showcase, you go to, you go and showcase. The sucky thing is you got to pay your way there, pay your way back, but you book one college, it's all paid for. And I've known people that have done one set on one showcase. My friend Chinadu, do you know Chinadu? Big, handsome black guy? Yeah. He booked 18 colleges before he was off the stage. There's his year, dude. Yeah. There's there's his next two years. That's uh, when you're just like, okay, this this hard work, all these mics, right. staying up, eating crap, sleeping in my car, telling girls you can't hang out because you got to go to the show. That's when it finally, you just like, when that check goes through, first check, it's and like, it's okay. I
0: mean, you got to travel and you got to prepare, yeah, but it's 18
1: hours of work. It's the greatest job to just go up there. And talk about when you're on a basketball court, you know what you look like. That's the, one of the best jo- – you know, people talk to me about that joke because you've done that joke on shows with yeah. me before. People will always talk about that joke. <laughs> That's how you know you got a good joke when people – I think it's better when people quote the joke rather than when they quote, they quote the comic. I like that. I like when I hear that. Rather than saying, "Oh, I saw Sean Leary at the Laugh Factory," I'd We'd be like, "Saw <S- S- S-> saw this guy talking about the Amazing Race. It's just <laughs> yeah. so you know, like because <laughs> yeah. that means the joke was that good."
0: Exactly. I kind of want to transition into more hypothetical cool. questions and just kind of history, existential, and yeah. money and stuff like okay. that. Because you know, the top, yeah, the is cash, money. man. And, it's, and we've been when we've been doing yeah. it, it's we're transitioning good. seamlessly. Seamlessly, yeah. Besides that little slip up right there, <laughs> yeah. Besides, yeah. How ironic. <laughs> good bit. Good bit. Um so yeah, man. I just kind of like want to talk about like how you spend money, okay. and, like how you save, and that kind of stuff. Sure. Everyone's got vices that mm-hmm. we spend our money Whoops, on. Sorry. What are some of your personal vices? Don't have to be too dark or okay. anything.
1: I'm just gonna give a little background. I've always been really. I wanna say cautious and smartly
0: cautious Frugal. with my money.
1: I mean, I just don't like the how that rolls off the tongue. It rolls off negatively and so does cheap. There and was so does well, like, uh,
0: there was this like there used to pick this really shitty kind of strip mall where I'm from. There was this like pay less like clothing shoe mm-hmm. store called Frugal Franks. Yeah. You just walked by and you felt disdain. I don't know what it is about that word. I don't want to say that I'm parsimonious.
1: That. We'll say um just smart with money. How yeah, I'll just. That? I always try and make sure I have like a little in my savings just in case, so I'll never be aggressive with my money. Like, so I have a savings account. I just always try. I always try and keep it right at like seven fifty, just seven hundred fifty dollars, because if something happens to my car and it's more than seven fifty, I mean it's probably going to be like ten thousand. Right. So you know what I mean. So I keep it at like seven fifty, and then I always try and keep my checking account. Right around the area so that I can pay my rent. And then I have my credit card. And my credit card limit is not high at all. It's like 2,500. It's like, it's like college Wells Fargo kid. So I have that. Get the free t-shirt with the Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) So basically, like, my vice is like, I really, really struggle with fast food late at night because I'm always just boom, 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 mic show, party. We have all these freaking house party shows that we're going to, and that's the hot thing, and it's so fun. You get, you drink a little, and you gotta eat. You got an appetite. So I'm like crushing Burger King like three nights a week at 11 o'clock at night. But luckily, there's dollar menu. I buy clothes. But I'm not dumb. I'm not – like I get the buys, the consignment stores, secondhand stores because that's that's trendy now too. That's what's in. It's like, like I, I like how you dress. I try to dress like how you dress. You like a lot of collared shirts, nice shoes, pants, slim fit. I buy clothes. I buy coffee. I get coffee. I need it. It's coffee, clothes, Burger King del taco and then just like plane tickets like i always am buying a plane ticket because you gotta go somewhere every once in a while it's like like you, you just went to portland yeah, you just, gotta get out it's like uh i went to this wedding i i did a couple colleges i'm i'm going to new york for a couple weeks i want to do like an east coast swing i'm gonna go to boston and it's just credit card has just been huge for me and i i had to I had to pay in on my taxes and I had to use my credit card for that, so. Gym membership takes a little bit of
0: my dough. I don't really have, Fast like, a... food aside, it seems to be pretty positive. Yeah, I don't have, like, I don't you're have, not like, too a, impulsive or anything no, like that? No, I don't
1: have, like, any vices. Like, I've... I haven't bought... I haven't bought anything that's, like, weird. Like, some people have, like, a... Like, my friend just has, like, a toga. has, like, a toga. For what? Just cause, Yeah, it's just like, I feel like, just like Van Wilder. Like, I have a friend that just, like, has stuff. Like, he has, like, a football helmet. Like, why do you have that? What a waste of money. Some or, like, are... really nice flat screen. Like, I don't watch TV. I have an iPad. It's mostly because it's an iPad, you know? Just, like, emails and, like, watching Netflix when I'm laying in my room to go to bed. It's just, like, I don't have a TV. I don't have a DVD player. I don't have Blu-ray. I don't have... I don't know, man. I, I just don't. Not much spend, of a consumer. I don't. Yeah, I'm not a consumer, and I don't spend my money like. uh I got a jack. I just got a jacket recently, and I don't pay for haircuts. So <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, and I don't get a beard trim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're in the same boat yeah, there. On the other ends of the spectrum. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah I know it's like extreme, <laughs> extreme <laughs> podcasting with long hair and
0: baldy. Whenever I do become materialistic, I always regret it. Like, I got, like, a laptop a few years ago. I got, like, the nice, you know, Apple laptop yeah, with the 15-inch sc- screen. You gotta and, have and it. as soon as I, got, I was like, why did you get the 15-inch? Yeah, you could have got the, yeah, like, 12. Just, yeah, or whatever. And it's yeah. like, I use it for writing on a Word doc and browsing the internet. Yeah. And I don't use it for anything else besides that and yeah. then maybe editing some audio. And it's like, why do you need a $1,500
1: computer to do that? That's true. But it's nice sometimes to treat yourself. If it's not too often... Like, I feel like that's not that bad. That's, it's not. Especially if you're using it. It's like, okay. Some people get stuff and then they just don't do anything with it. So that's, that's, when it.
0: that's when it's sad. We were just talking about, about your vices. Do you have any, like, huge regrets or bad investments that you've made in your life that you... <sighs> Spent a lot of money on? I was or... doing
1: a pyramid scheme. I got suckered into a pyramid scheme. You got scheme. scammed. Yeah. Amway Global. I love Global. me a good scam. Amway Global. Uh, what, what was it? Bernie Madoff to me. I, oh, you got I was selling Herbal Herbalife for like a week, and I yeah. was like, hey, guys, you should get in on this. Like I had all my buddies were like, dude, you got to get out. It's a pyramid scheme. And I didn't know what a pyramid scheme was. And then I realized- So you uh, just had a bunch of Herbalife- and
0: no I, customers. I made the buy,
1: but as soon as I realized what happened, I was like, "Just get it, get rid of it." I regret believing that for like a week, but ultimately, it shaped me because I have a good sense of humor about it. Right, take something away from yeah, it. Yeah, I I gained like a newfound respect for like people that actually work hard rather than I don't know. It's just one of those situations where I needed something like that to happen to me because I was too naive. I was too. Ignorant at that time, and I needed to be better than that. And exactly. that was like you need someone option. to take
0: you down. It was just like, like, a... how the real world works, bud. And it was like,
1: man, there's going to be people out there that are going to try and take advantage, and you got to be aware. You know, I needed that. I was young at the time; I was like 19. It was in college. He, hey, uh Sean Lee, kind of yeah, thing. got yeah. your name here from a friend, Tara Blackwell. Uh, you ever think about uh, getting in on the Samway Global? And Then I met with the guy a couple times. It it's like, dirty, right? How can you do that to such a young kid? Yeah. Like I didn't even have like. I didn't even have like armpit hair. I was like such a child. <laughs> and this guy's in there like, all right, we're going to get you 32 units. You're going to move them south of the border by n- November. It's like, come on, man.
0: And he got me. Got you
1: good. Because he, he was like cause an they un- give uncle. You, they
0: give you the main, you know, the amount that you could it, yeah. make, the look potential. At,
1: look at Jonathan in Vermont. Yeah. He's got a two car garage,
0: all from selling these. I did that one time with a. It wasn't that extreme. I actually kind of scammed a scam company. I had just lost a job and I was selling Cutco knives. Mm. Cutco knives. You were a knife guy? So, I had so, so many well, knives, guys. Well, I was and I wasn't. So basically, what I did was you had to buy the set, and they but they give you like the wholesale price of the set. So I was like, Dad, buy the set. I'll give you the knives, and then I'll pretend that I went on because I'll give you like a certain amount of money. For each demonstration you do, up to like fifteen. So I pretended that I did fifteen demonstrations, got everyone to sign off of my friends, made like three hundred fifty bucks, and I was out. Nice. <laughs> that was it. That's so I, awesome. So I scammed the scammers, dude. That's great. But my folks, one time though, my mom and my stepdad, they were like in on a pyramid scheme with magnets back in the nineties.
1: Oh my god!
0: And there was like this magnet healing thing going on, so they were selling mattresses with magnets in them, (laughs) these knee braces with magnets in them, all this stuff. And I was just like, this is this is." Did they make any money out of it? I think they had like a little bit of a hot streak, but then... They caught up to them. Yeah, exactly. Rightly so. Because you need to have people underneath you make money, and that's That's the whole thing. Yeah, that's when you... And it was so oh. – they would have these demonstrations at my house, and it was so – hacked They drank the Kool-Aid, dude. Yeah, dude. That's, you know? scar- that's
1: scary, yeah, man. Yeah, and it's like – That they know. could fall in it. It But it was, the, it was the
0: 90s, man. Yeah. My mom was – Everything you know. was on
1: every, – nothing was on
0: computers then. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't Google that Exactly. Stuff. Hey,
1: is this okay? Are magnets yeah. okay? They had like a magazine that they put out, so yeah. it's like
0: legit. They have a monthly magazine. Yeah. And of course they're you That know? does seem
1: – now it's so hard to do a pyramid scheme because if a guy is suspicious at all, he'll be like – Hey, uh, what's this Amway Global stuff? And it'd be, don't do it, don't do it. These guys stole my money.
0: It's a very strange thing. I mean, I'm sure it still exists. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dude,
1: Amway is the name of the Magic, Orlando Magic Stadium.
0: They're doing okay. So do you like uh, with like your money obviously you have your savings and mm-hmm. you're checking all that stuff whether it be money or time do you do like any altruism you know charity work give I've done away, some, any I've cash I've or... done
1: some charity work but it wasn't like I want con I want a comedy contest mm-hmm. and I won a – that and I said I never thought I would win and I said beforehand that I would donate half the winnings and I won the freaking thing. I won it, and it was a thousand bucks. So you
0: were obligated.
1: Yeah. Well, I I felt good about it because yeah. it was money at the time. I was it I was felt- I was still had some cash from when I moved out here, and was mm-hmm. like. I hadn't moved into a new place. Anytime you move into a new place, you just lose three grand. No matter how good the deal is, it's just like moving costs, uh, last month's rent, first month's rent, a couple other months' rent. It's just like you don't have money after you move. It's just how it is. So I hadn't moved yet. I was still in like a cheap place and I was like, oh man, this is great. I got a thousand bucks. I don't need this money. So what I did is I donated half of it to um, the Cedar sinai Cancer Center because my sister had just beaten uh, skin cancer. And my great aunt had just had cervical cancer. So I was like, let's do cancer. And I donated 500 bucks to that. uh, And now they send me a letter every month asking for more more, money. Uh, And I (laughs) I remember I was like, it was
0: one time. (laughs) Hey, this is Sean Leary from American Cancer Society. I thought they were going to like –
1: I thought all I got after I did it was like, hey, dude, thanks for the – Thanks for the cash. I thought I was gonna get like a wing named after me. You
0: basically paid for like three meals. That's like all you. Yeah,
1: did. I no, I paid for one IV for one patient yeah. for one minute. It's ridiculous. But I felt good about it. Yeah, and, like it got a. I got a lot of good, like good press from it, and I wrote it off. It was a good write-off. Like I got. So
0: there were like intrinsic benefits from it beside being charitable and feeling yeah, good about yeah. it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I've always wanted, like... Which is kind of what... I don't know. I'm skeptical on charity a little bit. I think that people tend... Unless it's completely anonymous, people tend to do it for their own...
1: I think so. They have ulterior motives.
0: Yeah. And then also, you see, like, all these scams going on with charities. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really unaccountable. Yeah, for. with, like, Adrian Peterson's whole situation. And you just saw... I mean, they had this breast cancer one that came out, like, a few months ago that they made, like... 500 million dollars or something crazy like that. That's insane.
1: I I I've always wanted to do it. I just haven't had the supplemental income. I think down the road like I don't plan on being I don't wanna buy a Lamborghini. Yeah. I don't wanna buy a I just want a condo, an accord, and do yeah. fun stuff. The rest of my money, I don't care. I'll right. give, I wanna I wanna to donate to like some real stuff. Like I wanna give money to like my high school. Like I wanna be charitable that way. Like it just doesn't seem habitat for humanity is great, but like where's that money going? Right. Am I paying somebody's salary? I wanna know that my money is like digging a hole to build a church. Which I'm, you can really only buy, do. I wanna you... buy the shovel and then <laughs> yeah. give it to them and
0: film them. You know, feels right but it, i kind of want to transition into like what you just were saying like if so if you had say tomorrow you wake up there's a million bucks in your bank account that'd be cool very improbable yeah but, um, well we'll see <laughs> yeah so how do you feel like your day-to-day life would change if I, you had that amount of cash where it wasn't a worry anymore so i woke up tomorrow had a million bucks like day-to-day day-to-day like uh, like, uh, like you buy a house or whatever get that stuff out of the way i don't
1: think i'd buy a house dude i think i'd keep renting buying a house just seems weird to me like you got to get like especially if it's a nice one like you got to get a housekeeper and then you got to get it's more you got to get a gardener and you're responsible security system yeah Yeah. like anytime like there's a hole in the wall that's why i just would i mean if i have the money why not just rent i'll just i i if i had a million bucks from here on out i would stay in my own place i would probably buy a new car just because my car it's an old four hundred seventy thousand miles on it I've put a lot of money into it. It's just like it's almost time. It's within yeah. the next year. It's time. I'd buy a new car, but I would buy like a Prius or like a Mazda, something small, but not like I don't need like a maybe like an Ultima or like a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. I don't know something cool, but not ostentatious. You're right, and then I would just I would just probably eat nicer meals. I would just you know stop by like at the end of the night I, instead of going to Burger King, I would just like sit sit down somewhere. Yeah, and I would pro- if I had a million dollars, I would probably. God, I don't know if I would quit my day job. I really think my day job just gets my brain going. And it's just nice to, because I don't know what I do. You'd be waiting around all day Maybe, to get mics. You know what, it, yeah, yeah. Maybe if I did quit, I would try and find a writing gig or something or be in an office where I had a little more flexibility on writing. Uh, but, I mean, my day job now is just so prime. I don't know if I would do it. But it would be it'd be hard not to. Maybe You know what, I'd take time off. I would take like a month off to just, Decompress and sleep during the day. Like get some, maybe go play some basketball. I don't. Maybe just get like a size bigger coffee every morning <laughs> rather than like uh, this. The, the, you know what I mean?
0: Luxury. I don't. I, I'm not. You're simple.
1: Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I don't need it. Maybe take like a class, break dancing, hip hop class. I don't know.
0: You've mentioned a lot of things. I think your million bucks is gone by all the things. Yeah, I mean. yeah. So uh, I'm out of money. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any money. <laughs> Take a trip. Go to Disney. I'm actually in the red. <laughs> in <now>. the car. <laughs> yeah. So have you ever like? Because I've got you know people when they move out. You seem like you were pretty set. So I don't know if that's going to apply to you. But have you ever asked someone for like a large sum of money when you were like uncomfortable with it, like for college or anything? Or I think the most money I ever asked for was like 500 bucks, and that was just in a pinch, pinch yeah. as
1: far as like. I didn't have it in my account yet. And I was like, hey, it was
0: going to be there in a few days. It was going to be there. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I just needed like a three day, it was like a layaway thing. That's, that's, it. but I've never really been comfortable doing it, even with family, even with blood. I've never yeah. really, and that was like, and that's really hard to think of right now. Like, I, it's, I'm trying to think of the instance. I feel like there was a time when I did that, but I
0: can't put a finger on what, when, right. where it was. So college, you paid for
1: your... Yep, student loans. Loan. My loans right now you did are killing that, me. Because
0: you did that. Yeah, let's talk about that a little killing bit. Killing me. I paid most of my college through loans, and yeah. I get the same, and I'm pretty bad at paying them back. Like, I I don't like to do it. Yeah. And I have kind of a adverse relationship to college because of that. And I saw you did that video mm-hmm. like a year oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Yahoo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So do you feel like that was... A valuable decision you think it was it's tough
1: because I love a lot of the people that I met I don't even know if I'd be doing stand-up if it wasn't for some of the people that I met in college like the creative juices it's just it all worked and I met like my two really amazing friends out of it but when I think about it it's just like man I should have just came to UCLA and just started when I was 18 but I'm just worried about what it would have been like Would I think about how much did I live Would I have lived my life Like, what I have experienced. Like, some of the stuff I did in college just was so fun and, you know, eye opening. And it's like I was becoming a man, I was becoming an adult. So I was super immature coming out of high school. I didn't hit growth spurt till I was in college. Like, I went through puberty, like, the day before college. <laughs> like, I never had alcohol. Like, I needed that, dude. Like, I needed college. I needed to party. A little buffer zone in between I don't adolescence know. and adulthood. So I go back and forth on whether or not I should have just came out here right away or if I should have lived there. But I think I made the right decision. Yeah. Well,
0: it's funny because I asked a lot of my friends that question because we all kind of went through it and we're all grappling with the student loan thing mm-hmm. now. And typically, no one ever talks about the education. They always talk about the social education.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just like, that's, I think that's why people go to, like, especially when you do like communications or like business or like these vague marketing. Yeah. That's when I think people should just, I mean, the benefit, the real reason we go to college is to just become people. Yeah.
0: Do you remember? Doesn't that suck how it comes with a $40,000
1: price tag? Dude, I owe so much. My, Student loans. What are, are you at right now? I don't know. I don't know the total. But my payment, like Sally Mae is killing me. Her alone is one hundred and fifty a month. Yeah. And then I have another one. First Mark Services is pinching me for like another one hundred and fifty. So there's three hundred. And then the U.S. Department of Education. I consolidated like a bunch of these mini loans. That's another like three hundred. So I'm paying six hundred bucks a month yeah. alone. And I I can't like I I can't do it. Like I sent him a letter. I'm like, hey. Here are my stubs. Like, I sent them, like, a really low paycheck. Yeah, you got it. And they they haven't got back to me, and it's like, I can't just not pay this. So the last couple months have been tough because I've been shelling over all that money. But, you know, I look back on it, and it's like, yeah, it was fun. It was yeah. Wh- I think it was worth it for sure.
0: I don't know if that structure is going to be around for the next generation. I think people will still go to college, but I think our generation having kids... And what we went through with it and now that the information is so accessible with the internet, like you mm. don't really need someone to teach you how to do something yeah. anymore. I think know? it's
1: going to be a lot online. It's just going to be – and that's way cheaper. Like University of Phoenix or like any college class online was always way cheaper. Yeah.
0: And like any job I've ever had, they has been like, oh, can you bring in your degree? Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know? It's, it's a, like,
1: oh, you got. It's just that you have something Exactly. out here, out here it doesn't matter, and it
0: makes you like just basically look that you like, are dependable and mm-hmm. that you can take you can more. follow through something. So this has been going well, man. We're about to wrap up pretty soon. I don't want to get too political, sure, that's um, fine. but you had mentioned, you know, being a Democrat that. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're kind of at, like, the height of economic disparity. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to, like, hear your thoughts on that and what you think might be a solution or where the problem lies or kind of your own small <sighs> take on that, if you don't mind sharing. I don't know, man. Like,
1: especially when I did that stuff with Yahoo about, like, the plans, how we're going to shape the future, I didn't know what – I just I, – I think our generation is good, hardworking generation. But then I have my doubts when I see some of the stuff, you know, that we see online. Like, especially out here, you see a lot of these tr- trust fund babies that aren't, don't have the real work ethic. But I just think that, you know, like you said, like a lot of stuff so easily accessible
0: online, I think we're going to figure it out and hopefully, what do you, I mean. Like right now there's a big anti-movement toward big corporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Corporation yeah fight of the of man. Yeah, And just like the amount of money that these companies are making mm-hmm. and how little they are contributing back to society and mm-hmm. thus Eliminating the middle class because of this huge disparity between yeah, that's true. people who are making crazy amount of money and then making it difficult for people who are working a, a solid day yeah. job, who are just trying to make ends meet. Yeah.
1: And I mean, that's it's good that we have like small business day. It's like Small Business Saturday. I hear about it a lot. Like, hey, it's Small Business Saturday. Go support a small business. I think if we could just maybe do that.
0: Just do. Well, I mean, yeah. Because at the end of the day, obviously, these companies are making tons of money. But the reason why they are making tons of money is because people are consuming their product. So it really is the responsibility of the consumer to make a conscious decision, decision to, stop to stay away from that. Yeah. yeah, but it's so easy. It is because they own a lot, and it's typically convenient things. It's that they super
1: own. convenient. Yeah. yeah, I'm what a lot of people call uh, an idiot. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I don't know I if I'm the be- the best guy to talk political economics with, but yeah. I mean, I growing up, I had my my family had small businesses, so I've. You know, I've always tried to stay away from the Walmarts and the, you know, the big conglomerates like and when I when it's a Sunday and I have some time, I'll go support a small business to get food, you know. And when I get coffee, I try and get it at like a um a shop, a coffee shop, rather than like coffee beans, Starbucks. Just trying making a conscious effort, I know. trying to go go green, whatever the kids are saying. It's so hard. <laughs> what am I a nineteen fifties <laughs> newspaper salesman here? Oh, yeah. you will read all about it.
0: Well, cool, man. I think that about wraps it yeah, up. Yeah, good us. talk. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel inspired. Yeah, I think yeah. these you know, this is one of the first few that I've had, so I think they're gonna get better. I mean this one was great, not to say that it was shit or All anything. right,
1: it's gonna get better. <laughs> you telling yourself already.
0: I'm talking about myself. It's not your fault as an interviewer. Yeah, you were as excellent. Like, yes, you were excellent. Thank
1: you. You were excellent interviewer. I've done a I'm not gonna lie, I've done a lot of podcasts that it's kinda hoopla. I like how you had the outline, you had everything ready and it's no it's no BS. I've done podcasts where it's like, Okay, hey, uh, let's draw a thing out of the hat and talk about that. I mean, good funny stuff comes from that. But a lot of times these... I like with a podcast is not only laugh a little bit, but like, you know, let's think and I want someone that's listening to be like, oh, cool. Yeah. You know, I never thought of that or like, oh, yeah, or like, no, he's wrong. Because when I listen, have an opinion and uh, I'm pretty opinionated, especially when it comes to comedy and, and you know, other people and myself and the hard critic on myself. And I want other people listening to hopefully be inspired and be hard on themselves. I think that's the only way, because if you're delusional, you're not going to make it. And yeah. there's so much fluffy delusional bs especially in this business you can 't have that
0: true words of inspiration from Sean Leary everyone' <laughs> it's the Zen Leary the Zen
1: <laughs> thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it a lot of fun
0: Thank you for tuning in though Sean Leary, be sure to check him out at Sean Patrick Lear on Twitter and check out his website seanleary for shows and podcast recordings. Thank you once again for tuning in and check out next week. And remember that money is meant to be spent.